Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction. My name is Philippe Naren, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Fergal Armstrong. So, Fergal, I thought today would be a good time to talk about how do we actually take a drug history and how do we approach patients with substance use disorder? So let's go back to some pretty simple principles. What do you do when you've got someone in your consulting room and how do you approach them? So I think the first thing to realize is that someone who is seeing you for the first time is usually in crisis, usually anxious, usually expecting rejection and stigma. So the first thing to do is to try and put them at their ease and to make sure that your language is not stigmatizing, your demeanor is not judgmental, or your words are not judgmental. Because as we've already said else in other, in other fora, if you don't get that individual into a treatment program, then their mortality from heroin use disorder is, is higher. So the, the absolute imperative is to get someone as comfortable as possible in your clinic and then keep them there. So that's the first thing that goes through my mind when I'm seeing a patient for the first time. It's not necessarily the questions on what they take, how they take it, et cetera, et cetera, but what can I do to make this person feel at home? What about you, Philippe, and what do you think? Very similar to you, Fergal, and what I try and do, like you say, is put the patient at ease but usually I find that just talking to someone as a human being, and this isn't even that controversial, just having a conversation is already 90% of the job. Most of the yeah. patients that I see are usually in a hospital system, they're in the wards, and they've already been spoken to rudely or treated poorly, or a lot of them feel that their needs, their pain has been suboptimally managed because of their history of substance use. So I find when I just walk in and talk to the patient normally, and I don't do anything fam fancy, I just introduce myself, give a greeting, and ask the questions. So I'm here to take a bit of a drug history. What substances do you use? How much do you mm -hmm. use? And open-ended general questions. This is not rocket science. And you'd be amazed how many people just open up when you show a non-judgmental attitude. Yeah. I, with your demeanor, I think if you can say nothing you can say will shock me. And frequently I do say, I am here to try and help you. And I am here to try and assist in the ways that I can assist. And I find that is very effective. Is that similar to you? Or have you had a similar experience to that, Fergal? Absolutely. It's, it's all about demeanor. And I suppose, you know, if, once we've established that rapport, then we do need to start thinking about, well, what, what kind of questions do we ask? And there are various ways of taking a drug history. I don't think there's any one particular right or wrong way. Uh, and there are certainly, there are well-used tools that, that will help structure a drug history. I mean, there's the DUDITS uh, tool, the, the Drug Use Disorders Identification Tool uh, that can be used. But I have developed my own personal mnemonic that I use to help me think of the questions that I, that I want to get over uh, when I'm taking a drug use history, and that's TAR-CD. So T-A-R-C-D. So T stands for timing. A stands for amounts and overdose risk. R stands for routes and other clinical risks. C stands for costs, and then D stands for dependency or addiction diagnostic criteria. 
So T for timing. So I want to know when was the first ever use, when was the last ever use, because you know someone who used this morning is probably more dependent on whatever drug they're taking than someone who used a week ago. Um, then how many times a day do they use, how many times a week do they use, how many times a month do they use, and then in particular what time of the day do they use, especially we're talking about alcohol. So we've got first use, last use, frequency of use, and time within the day. These are all timing questions. And then A for amounts, well how much do you use and how do you quantify that? And with amounts we have the idea of too much or too little. So too much, have you had any overdoses, too little, if there is such a thing as too little. Have you had any periods of abstinence? R for roots, so how do you take your drug? Do you snort it? Do you inject it? Is it transdermal? Uh, do you swallow it? Is it shelved? And then risks. So in particular, when we're talking about alcohol, we need to look at other risks. So have you had any seizures? Have you had any previous delirium? Have you had any previous withdrawals? In, in, in the context of heroin use disorder, have you had any overdoses? Have you, uh, do you inject? Do you have hepatitis C? What's your liver like? You know, these are all the things that I'm thinking of. And then C for cost. So, you know, one of the, one of the things about addiction is that as time goes on and as people progress into a, a career in addiction, if you will, they lose all of their identity. They lose all of their activities. They lose all everything of themselves except the drug. And then recovery is all about regaining identity and friendships and relationships. So what has the addiction cost that patient on a personal level, a social level, a financial level, and sometimes even on a spiritual level. And then D for dependency, do they meet any diagnostic criteria? So then we have to think about you know, the diagnostic criteria for substance use disorder, which again leads on to the mnemonic chew that cop, which we've uh, talked about before. But so, so and I would do that for every drug. So if someone's doing a polysubstance, I say, well, what's the most important drug for you? And then I'd start off with that drug, and then I'd work my way through all of the substances that that person used, going through the TAR-CD. But there is a key question that isn't in TAR-CD, and I think it needs to be celebrated. This question needs to be celebrated, and that is, what do the drugs do for you? People don't do drugs because they like them. People do drugs because they think they've got no alternative. The drugs are doing something for them. They're usually taking away a pain. So, you know, why the trauma? Why the drug? What do the drugs do for you? That, that's how I think about the initial steps of assessment. Well, how would you respond to that, Philippe? Like you mentioned, Fergal, we've all got different ways of asking these kind of questions. But I just want to come back to that last question you mentioned, which is, what are the drugs doing for you? And mm. I found that to be probably the most important question and mm. also the most emotional question. I've had people be stony faced when they've given me a drug history. And then when you ask them, so why do you take drugs? Not, not talking about dependency. So but what are you taking drugs for? I've had numerous patients burst into tears and then yeah. explain why they take drugs. What is the hurt, the emotional pain that is often at the root of this? So that is a superbly important question that we should ask. But yeah. trying to answer your other question, I take a more different approach, I guess, is, is probably the best way of, of talking about it. And I just ask a lot of questions. I try and show my interest and curiosity in the patient. There's a quote, I think, misattributed to Walt Whitman, which is, be curious, not judgmental. So I ask the patient, 
what substance do you take? How do you take it? Pretty much covering all the aspects that you've mentioned, Fergal, but just with a variety of different questions and just try to make it conversational. So I kind of go with the patient flow. And sometimes we come back to a substance, sometimes we go to another substance. But at the end of it, when I'm writing all of this stuff down, I try to make sure that I've covered every single aspect of dependency, um, talking about substance, timing, route, cost, effect on the patient. And then once you've taken that complete drug history, the things I do after that is I ask about nutritional history. What do you eat? Mm -hmm. How often do you eat? Ask about mental health, any mm -hmm. mental health diagnosis, how their mental health is overall, any self-harm, yeah. suicidal ideation. Yeah. And I try and make sure, and I also do a social history as well. Where are you living? What are you doing for a living? Uh, how do you find money to support your substance use? How do you find money to live? Uh, and I find all of this is tied up, basically. Obvious, there are other questions we should ask as well about medications, past medical history, and all of that is important. But I find drug use history, nutrition, mental health history, and social history are of paramount importance when we're dealing with patients with substance use disorders, if we're fully to get to the bottom of it and adequately treat it. Is that similar to your yeah. broad yeah, no, approach I agree as well, with you. I, I agree with you. I mean, once I've done my entire CD, then I go into that broad sweep about what, really what's going on in their lives. How important do you think a forensic history is and how do you broach that subject? The forensic history is quite important. I would also I would say the forensic history and past history of treatment, as in withdrawal management uh, and rehabilitation, are vitally important questions. And I broach it routinely. So what I do is I take my substance use history, and then I usually put uh, another question in, which is, have you ever gone through detox or rehab? And yeah. has your substance use ever cost, um, caused you to come in contact with the legal services? Have you been to jail? Have you ever had any driving under the influence charges? Yeah. And I that's try and make good, it conversational. Yeah, that's a very good question. Has your substance use driven you to the legal system? It takes away the agency, doesn't it? It, it, take, it acknowledges that actually when people with substance use disorders do end up in contact with uh, the legal services, the legal system, it's not because they want to, it's not because they're bad people, it's because their, their addiction drives them. And, you know, acquisitive crime is a symptom of substance use disorder. Absolutely. And, and I, I like think that. this pattern of questions also shows the patient that you understand what they're going through. By the very fact that you've asked all these questions, you know what they've done, and then you ask these other questions as follow-up, instead mm -hmm. of assuming that you're judging them, I think they take it as an acknowledgement that you understand what they've been through. And yeah. that also helps with rapport, and that helps with uh, assisting in patients complying with treatment, or yeah. at least listening to what you have to offer. The patient at the end of the day may disagree with your judgment. They may disagree with your treatment planning, and that's fair enough. The patient has autonomy at the end of the day. But if you've at least tried to bridge the gap, try to build rapport, and also show the patient that you understand that they are suffering and that you may have some solutions or some help to offer, at least that door to treatment is open. And that is what we're aiming to, to get. Yeah. We're trying to get our patients into treatment to, to save their lives in the long term. 
Yeah, and you've also alluded to a really important point that we actually need to understand what the goals of the patient are. You know, why are they with us? Do they do they want to become abstinent? Do they just want uh, a short, sharp detox? Do they just want treatment for their comorbidities? You know, there are many, many reasons why patients choose to engage with services, and really, abstinence is not necessarily the first and foremost issue on people's minds when they first walk through that door. So. Apart from you kind of this expansive journey into into someone's life, how do you diagnose um, a use disorder, or what diagnostic criteria do you use? So, in previous episodes of this show, we've talked about the DSM five and ICD eleven criteria for the various disorders we've talked about, mainly alcohol use disorder and opioid yeah. use disorder. But sometimes instead of expansively going through the criteria, and don't get me wrong, I do often go through the criteria and at the clinic that I work at, we do have the manuals available. I look at the overall picture of the patient and see how the substance use has affected them. Lack of control or the substance use has taken over the patient's life. It's impacting on personal relationships. It's impacting on work. It has become the central factor in the person's life. Those overlying themes of powerlessness, helplessness, lack of control are usually a pretty good indicator of dependence and addiction. And once you've got that concrete in your head, then it's very easy to uh, present to the patient treatment, mainly through identifying what they're after and how to adequately treat the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, you know, I think I like what you've just said because it really reinforces to me that the physiological criteria, you know, the tolerance and withdrawal, they're not really crucial or key to understanding the vast majority of, of um, substance dependencies or addictions. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the complete disruption to people's lives and the fact that they are bereft of all vestige of kind of dignity and, and, and previous identity and relationships. It's that loss that is key to understanding uh, addiction, isn't it? Absolutely. And as we've mentioned, I think in previous episodes, especially with regards to prescription drugs use that has yeah. spiraled out of control, sometimes that withdrawal tolerance criteria is not applicable mainly because it is a prescribed yeah. medication versus the non-prescribed yeah. medications we've talked about. Yeah. So yes, the overlying themes I think as well are quite important and probably easier to identify um, yeah. also. So this has been a pretty action-packed episode of Cracking Addiction uh, where we've hopefully provided some advice on how to adequately take a drug history. I think the underlying theme is be curious, ask a lot of questions, show empathy and be non-judgmental. I hope we've provided you with a lot of good information and I hope you'll join us on the next episode. But bye for now. 